Please remain standing for our scripture reading. Both from the Old Testament, the New Testament. Our first scripture reading comes to us from uh, the book of uh, Proverbs. The book of Proverbs chapter 8. Verse uh, 35 and 36. The wise king speaking about life. Life in God, life in Christ Jesus. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Life and death are compared in the book of Proverbs here. And now let's turn to the Gospel of John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. I'm going to read uh, beginning from verse 1 to 5 to uh, give you the whole picture. But our focus will be verses 4 and 5. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, This morning as we come before you and your holy and perfect word, as hearers of your word, we ask you to open our eyes so that we may behold, we we may see wondrous things out of your law. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As a way of uh, encouragement, especially to those who came to worship this morning a little bit late, I want to uh, echo uh, one of the important announcements that we gave this morning. Um, You all know God loves prayer. Prayer is a means of grace and especially corporate prayer. And uh, tonight at 5.15, we as members of this local church and friends of the church, we're going to meet here at 5.15 for corporate prayer. I appreciate the question that was asked about you know, whether we should come to one or two, but I want to encourage all of you to look at the scripture, and remind yourself, the early church was devoted itself to what? To prayer? No, to prayers. To prayers. You know, if we are able, I would love to see us praying 
corporately every day, but it's not possible. But whenever we are able and the church is gathered to pray, we should come and pray because prayer is a means of grace. So I want to encourage all of you to come to tonight's corporate prayer as we start doing it monthly. Now, thinking about the Gospel of John, in construction work, it is customary for the builders who participates in the construction work or project to finish a given task for a day or week and then take a break and come back to the site where where the construction is taking place and build up on the foundation that they have already constructed or established. And this morning, John, the writer of the Gospel of John, is doing the same thing. As a builder, he comes back and builds up another truth about uh, the identity of Christ on the foundation that he already established for us last Sunday. I don't know how many of you remember the foundation that has been established by John last Sunday. The foundation was Jesus is God. The foundation was Jesus is the creator. You remember what he told us? In the beginning was the word Logos and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then in verse 3, this is the foundation. All things were made through him as an agent. But remember, God, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now what John is doing this morning is, after establishing that foundation, Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator. He continues building up on that foundation the eternal word, Jesus Christ, as God, by telling us what is the obvious, what is clear from the foundation. What is the obvious is, if he is eternal, if he is creator, if he is outside of creation, time, and space, it means he is the giver of life. It means he's the ultimate source of life. Life actually comes from Jesus. That's what John is showing us. In whom? In him was life. In who? Je- in whom? Jesus, the eternal word of God, Logos, who became human. In him was life. This is what John is telling us this morning. If he was outside of creation, time and space, he is the source of all life and the light that manifested the reality and the meaning of the life. You see, in him was life. 
But he was also the light that manifests and explains the life for us by dispelling darkness. You see that? You see, all of them come together. You have got life, you have got light in one person, Jesus Christ, and then the dispelling of darkness. So that you would see who Jesus is. You would understand who God is. You would understand what sin is, what judgment is, what righteousness is. And by God's grace, we'll uh, break it down into three points this morning. First, the life, the, the, the life that was in him. And secondly, the, the, light, uh, the life as the light of man. The light as the light of man. And then the light that dispels darkness. The light that was in him, verse 4. In him was life. In him was life. In whom? In Jesus Christ, the eternal word, the Logos, was life. As God, he was the giver of life. Now, listen carefully to what John is telling you. No one, no person gave him life. He is eternal. He is the source and the giver of life. He didn't receive life from anyone. He was not created. He was not part of God's creation. He was outside of creation. And he was the giver of life. And he was the giver of both physical and spiritual life. You also need to know that. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. What do you remember? God fashioning the man out of the dust and breathing into him new life, into his nostrils, new life. Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man, listen to this, and the man became a living being. The man became a living being, a living creature. You see, when John says in him was life, he is telling you that you are not the product of matter, Energy or DNA? You know, today scientists, I'm sure you, 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 you read about this all the time. Scientists have discovered about matter, energy, and DNA, how human organs functions. A lot of discoveries, and we should be thankful for the knowledge and understanding that God gave them, whether they... Admit it or not, that knowledge, that understanding comes from God. So we need to be thankful to the Lord for that revelation, for that understanding, for that knowledge. But one thing that the science will never tell you is who the source of life was. 
where life comes from. But John tells you it is Logos, the eternal word who became flesh, who gives life to creation. Acts 7.28 In Him we live and move and have our being. But know this, brothers and sisters in Christ, John's main interest in the Gospel of John, his main focus is not man's physical creation. His main focus, his main interest is spiritual life. New spiritual life. Where does that life come from? Yes, physical creation is important. We were not created in the, in the image of an animal. We were created in the image of God. That's important. That's biblical. But his main interest here is spiritual life. New spiritual life. In him, in Christ, was both physical and spiritual life. He's the source of both physical and spiritual life. You see, man was not created to breathe only. Have you heard people saying, Hey, I'm breathing. What else do I need? You know, I'm eating, I'm walking around, I'm sleeping, I'm working, I'm making money. Hey, I'm breathing. What else do I need? Wrong. You need understanding. You need the knowledge of God. You need the knowledge of sin. You need the knowledge of repentance. You need to know about uh, the importance and the necessity of having communion with God. And that's exactly, you see, the purpose why we were created. We were not created merely to breathe, but to have communion and fellowship with our God. This is why man was created in the image of God. You remember God walking with Adam in the, you know, in the cool of the day in the garden as friends? And God used to speak to Adam as a friend would speak to his friend? Remember that communion, sweet communion between God and man in the garden? That's why, that's why Jesus came. Because you all remember that, that fellowship, that communion has been broken, has been damaged after the fall. Man was alienated from God, separated from God because of his disobedience. So Jesus had to come back. Jesus had to take human flesh. The Logos had to become man in order to reconcile man with God. In order to give new life to the man. 1 John 5, 11. And this is the testimony that God has borne concerning His Son. And this is the testimony that God gave, gave us eternal life. And the life is in His Son. 
What is the testimony? God gives life. God gave life. And the life is in His Son. In verse 12, 1 John 5, the Word of God says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Listen, all the people around us who doesn't have the Son of God, they are dead. They have no life. Everybody is dead until they all have Jesus. And we call that spiritual death. We call that spiritual ignorance. I mean, try that. When you share the gospel with unbelievers, your neighbors, your co-workers, you tell them you are, <clears throat> sorry, you tell them you are spiritually dead. And, you know, some people, they think you are crazy. Because they're walking around. They're breathing. They work. And they tell you, how, how can you say I'm dead? Because, you see, they don't have life. They don't have understanding. They don't understand what you're talking about. They need light. They need life. That's why, you know, that's why you, you lose them in, in a conversation. They don't understand. Listen to what Jesus said about himself, John 5, 40. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You know, the Jewish people, the religious leaders of his time, they refused to believe in him as the Messiah. And Jesus uh, told them, listen, this is not about, you know, accepting me as a teacher. This is not about um, giving me your place as a religious leader. You're refusing life. When you refuse me, you receive the gift of, you refuse the gift of life. I came to give you life, and you are rejecting that offer. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In Sunday school this morning, a question was asked, what is this abundant life? What is this abundant life in Christ Jesus? It starts here. Your justification, the forgiveness of sin, your reconciliation with God, the holy God, you becoming a child of God, you being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, and then you being glorified in heaven. That's abundant life. And Jesus is saying, I came to give you life, not just life, but abundant life. That will go and go and go and go forever. But you have to have me. You have to have Christ. You have to be in Christ by faith. To, to possess abundant life. And John 10, 28. 
My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You see what Jesus is saying here? I am God. I am God. If I give you life, and then I, I, I preserve that life, no one is going to snatch out that life from you. Because I gave you. I gave you. This should remind us Moses, the leader of the people of Israel. After God delivered them from Egypt, Moses stood before the people in Deuteronomy 30, 19. And Moses, this is after redemption. You need to understand that. This is after God delivered them from Egypt, from the hands of the Egyptians. Moses told the people, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. Not death. Choose life. He has given you life. Choose that life. Love that life. Live in that life. Don't abandon that life. Don't forsake that life. Don't act against that life. Choose life. And secondly, the life as the light of man. John said, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. You see, life and light are, you know, are together here. It sounds like an overlap, but it's not. Because the light explains the life to you. The light reveals the life to you. What kind of life do you have in Christ Jesus? What is that life? What is abundant life? How do you get this life? How, how do you obtain this life? You see, the light explains the life to you. In order for you to understand the life in Christ Jesus, you need light. You need knowledge. You need understanding. You need insight into the meaning of the life. It is sad, you see, today, many people, they don't understand what life in Christ is. What it means. What it entails in the Christian life. When you say, I'm a Christian, what do you mean? You mean, you have life. What kind of life? Abundant life. That's what you're saying. But do you really understand that in that way? If you really understand that, why do you fear death when you get sick? Abandoned life till heaven. You see, why does he say that? Why does he say in him was light? Because we don't understand the reality of the life in Jesus Christ until he reveals that to us until he gives us the knowledge the understanding of it listen to paul in second corinthians 4 6 and 7 
For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Where is this light? Where is this understanding? In Christ. Who is the light of the world? And you don't need to go far. Notice verse 14 in John chapter 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. What glory? The glory of the Father in his son Jesus Christ. The, the Logos, the eternal word, when he became human, he showed us the glory of God. Philip misunderstood that and he asked Jesus, show us the Father and it would be enough. And Jesus said, I'm here. If you see me, you see the Father. I and the Father are one. What are you talking about, Philip? You see God in me. And then verse 17. Listen to John in verse um, 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Unmerited favor of God, gift of God, grace, and then truths. The truths of the gospel, the truths of God. You see, grace and truths came through Jesus. This understanding came through Jesus. The law would not do that for us. The law condemns us. The law is the, it's, it's a ministry of Condemnation. But not grace, not truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth. If you want to know what the truth is, come to me. And then amazingly in verse 18, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side from eternity he has made him known. That's revelation. Jesus made the Father known to us because we were blind. Ephesians 5, 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, In their case, the unbelievers. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Why is that? Because people in the world, without Christ, outside of Christ, they love darkness. In John 3, 19 you know, John tells us this is the judgment. The light has come to the world. But people in this world, they love darkness than the light. So they are in darkness. They don't have light. Which means they don't understand. Beloved, let me encourage you. When you share the gospel with family members and friends, if they don't understand you, if they... Uh, be in conflict with you because they don't get it. Remember this. 
They need revelation. They need light. Pray for light. Ask God to reveal to them what you are telling them. In fact, before you witness, before you share the gospel with other people, start with prayer. Lord, when I open my mouth and tell that person about Jesus, open their mind. Open their eyes. Give them light. Give them understanding. That's how we should witness. Because the light is not in our power. It's a gift. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. From, from God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will never walk in darkness, but have what? Light. Have light. Not only life, but also light. And then the good news, my friends, is the light dispels the darkness. Listen to John. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, theologians for centuries have argued with one another. What does, you know, the darkness has not overcome it means? Comprehend it? Overpower it? And I'm one of those who believe it means both. And I will show you why or, or, or how. But let me start with this. We all need light. We all need light. We cannot exist without light, yes? We really struggle when we don't have it. In some parts of Africa, those of you who come from Africa... You know what I'm talking about. In some parts of Africa, people take turns to get access to electricity. So you have power, you have light, three days in a week. Four days in a week, darkness. So you have to, you have to prepare your food, you know, do other stuff, you know, before you lose electricity. And I have been there, like four days, Darkness. You know, it's hard to read, it's hard to do your study. You don't have light. You know, here we take light for granted. But in some parts of the world, you suffer with no light. You know, people stumble, they fall, they hurt themselves. Light, uh, darkness is terrible. We, we all need light. Spiritual darkness is like that. Spiritual darkness is like that. People in spiritual darkness, they don't know what they're talking about. They insult you without any regret because they're in darkness. They have no clue. They have no idea what they're talking about. That's why you and I need to be merciful, to be forgiving because we have light. They don't have light. We understand. They don't understand. We need to be like Jesus, even when they insult us. Even when they accuse us falsely. They don't have light. They are in darkness. They are in a dark room with no light. 
But the good news is when a person believes in Jesus Christ, Jesus comes into the life of that person and removes the darkness from the life of that individual. He dispels that darkness from the life of that repentant believer. That's why Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. If you believe in me, you will never walk in darkness, live in darkness, but you will have light. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person, the unbeliever, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are fully uh, folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. He's ignorant because he's in darkness. She's in darkness. They don't understand. But Jesus, you see, when people believe in Jesus, he becomes their light. Light would shine in the life of that repentant sinner. And they see. They see. Remember the blind man whom Jesus healed? The religious leaders called him, uh, him and his parents, and he gave him warning not to say anything about Jesus. And the young man told the religious leaders of Jesus' time, I don't know, I don't know about my parents, but I can tell you one thing about myself. I was blind, but now I see. I'm not going to hide what I see. Sorry. I'm going to speak about it. Darkness is ugly. But now I see the light. And I would not be silent. You know what happened to him. But he refused to be silent. Why? Because he saw the light. That's exactly what happened. happens when you see the light. You speak about it. You will not be silent about it. Isaiah 9.2 Remember the prophecy, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who, 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 who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. That was Isaiah's prophecy. Many, many, many years before Jesus became man. And then you go to Matthew 14 and you'll see the fulfillment. Jesus going to these cities in Judea and give to people light. It was fulfilled in Matthew 4. You see in verse 5, John tells us, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I'm going to give you two meanings. First, people who are in darkness will never comprehend the light. They need life. They need regeneration. So darkness will not comprehend the light without the life. Without the work of regeneration in their life. Without new births, spiritual births. So darkness will not comprehend the light. Life is required for that. Regeneration is required for that. And then the second meaning is, 
the darkness will not overpower the, dark, the, the, the light. The darkness cannot overpower it, overpower power the light. There is no, you see, there is no darkness switch. You have got a switch to, to what? To turn the light to go out. But there is no switch for darkness. It doesn't exist. And it, it doesn't exist in the gospel. Once Jesus comes to your life as the light, the light of the world, and then darkness will not overpower it. Darkness will not overpower it. 1 John 1, 5, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and, and in him there is no darkness. Listen to this. There is no darkness at all. Do you love that word? At all. Under any circumstances. Once God becomes your light, there is no darkness. Because darkness... Darkness, you know, it, it doesn't matter what kind of darkness will not overpower the light. Who is who? Jesus. And who is Jesus? He comes from above. Jesus is God. Jesus is the one who created day and light. Light and darkness. How can the darkness that he himself created overpower its own creator. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's why you see the Apostle Peter exhorts believers in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Into his marvelous light. This light, Peter is saying, it's marvelous, it's wonderful, it's powerful. It cannot be defeated. It cannot be stopped. It's Jesus himself. No one can stop Jesus, the eternal word. Jesus, who is God. The light came from above. It is God himself who created both light and darkness. How can darkness, any darkness, overpower him? The same God who delivers a sinner from utter darkness to his marvelous light. Beloved Jesus, if you are trusting in Jesus, if you are believing in Jesus, Jesus has become your light and your life. The light is the manifestation of the life. Life in Jesus Christ. Eternal life. The darkness of this world will not, cannot overcome or overpower it. That's why we need to proclaim it. Tell it to others boldly and confidently. Do you know why? Because the, the gospel, 
the word of God, the, the logos, the eternal word of God, is the power of God unto salvation. It has life. It has light. And nothing can stop it. So let us go. Let us go wherever God takes us this week. And tell people, in Christ, you have life. In Christ, you have light. Come to Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom was life, in whom was light. And that light dispels utter darkness from the life of repentant believers like us. And we pray that uh, knowing this, we all would be encouraged by your word and the Holy Spirit, even this week, to take this uh, good news, this gospel, to people who are in darkness. Oh Lord, help us not only to be hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. And give us that ability by your Holy Spirit to fulfill it in our Christian life. With the opportunity that you always open for us. In the name of Christ we pray. Christ who is our life and our light. In his name we pray. Amen.